Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. It's the final Ralph Report of the week. But what a way to go out. You know how I feel about a Friday show. Today's not just any Friday, Eddie Pence. No. Today's the Ralph Report Halloween Spooktacular. Ooh. So much show today. Oh, you're going to be listening to this show well into Halloween. Yeah, which is Halloween. You could. It. And it won't matter because no one's going to be trick-or-treating. Right, who cares? So you can just sit, turn the lights off and just enjoy our Spooktacular show, which is just going to be amazing. Because on the counter, you want to know why? I'm going to tell you why right now, because Steve Ashton's stopping by. What's scarier than Steve Ashton? Uh, an angry Steve Ashton. Oh, he'll come a in the middle of the Steve night Ashton. and pee in your fireplace. <laughs> That's the curse of Steve a Ashton. A drunk Steve Ashton is the scariest <laughs> that thing. Is, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be here with his UK update. Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports will be stopping by with, uh, of course, what's the buzz? His look at week eight in yeah. the NFL. I got a week off. I don't have to worry about this weekend. I don't think I do either, I hope. <laughs> I don't think you do either. Not we'll, if Danucci is playing. <laughs> we'll see. It is the halfway mark of the NFL season. We'll be talking football. Uh, what else we got? Oh, of course, the Video Vault this week. Mm. All spooky Halloween movies for you to watch. Mm. No year, no restrictions. Just the, the, <laughs> the chains are off, and we're just running free, picking our scary uh. Halloween movies for you to look at. Oh, we got a we got a game show coming up. We got so much on today's Ralph Report Halloween Spooktacular. Oh, spooky! <laughs> ah, I'm scared. I'm scared, Eddie Pence. Ah, so scary. I'm so scared. scary wrap it up do you have halloween candy just in case uh, i do just okay. in case just in case i might just turn up the lights and open a bottle <laughs> that's my plan <laughs> hey let's get the introductions out of the way i am your old podcast pal ralph garman sitting here in the bat cave with me is the frightening mm. vice host himself it's mr eddie pence hey everybody Depends doing character voices. Spooky. That is scary. Just opening up my repertoire. I like it. Hey, well no. done. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, Eddie. <laughs> Indeed. And, of course, it is October 30th, the day before Halloween, year of our Lord Shizmu 2020. Oh, hell, Shizmu. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Uh, so much Halloween-related content coming up in today's show. We're jam-packed full of Halloween spookiness to help you enjoy the upcoming holiday. Uh, some folks asked if I could get some celebrities to come by yeah. and uh, read Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, I thought that would be appropriate. Who would you open up the Rolodex to? Well, here's the thing. Uh, when I got out the actual poem itself, which I thought, oh, what's a couple stanzas? Oh, no, it's long. It's a long-ass yes. poem. It's a long poem. So I made some calls to some celebrity friends, and everybody was like, no, not interested. <laughs> Don't really want to do that. It's not really good friends, are they? They're, well, they're busy. They're high-powered uh, celebrities, right. Eddie Pence. Okay. So I reached out. The only person who was willing to do it, was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said he'd come by. <laughs> he's always willing. He's always willing. He's got nothing to do. He's not the governor anymore, and yeah. he's not he's not working out because COVID has closed the gym. He's had like a heart so. surgery or something, didn't he? Yeah. A valve he's, replaced. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's high risk. He's got to make sure he takes care of himself. <laughs> but uh, Arnold, could you come in here for a second? Could you read this? Yeah, yeah, this is going to be great. Oh, I didn't even know you were here. I yeah. thought you were going to call in. No, no, oh. I came, uh, you know, because uh, Rob asked me to do the, you know, the spooky Halloween thing. And so, uh, you know, it's amazing when you come to his house, they take your temperature and you have yeah. to make sure you go through all the protocols, you know. So this way, uh, you know, everyone is safe. Oh, that's good. So I didn't want to, you know, infect you. Except, I don't want to be infected, no. Except I could infect your muscles. I No, I'm good. Look at your arms. Look at you. Look like me when I was uh, competing in a Mr. Universe pageant. Well, it's unbelievable. I, I take care of myself, yes. Yo, yo, look. Hey, Ralph, why don't you lift like he does? Get big arms. I'm busy. That's why. Okay. Wow. It's a shot at me, kind of. <laughs> kind of a shot yeah, at me. Kind of was. Indirect shot at me. Yeah. He's uh, saying you have lots of time for yeah, lifting weights. Yeah. And the other guy doesn't have so many times. <laughs> Could you just read the poem, Arnold? Yeah, all right, I'll get to it. All right, this is just the end of the uh, the poem. Hey, can you give me more of that spooky music you had before? That was good. That'll make me in the in the mood for the you know dramatic reading of Ed Allan Poe. He's uh, you know one of my favorite. Ah, ah, one of my one of my favorite uh, all time writers. You know, I used to read him in Austria when I was growing up. I'd read Poe, and I'd yeah. say someday. I, too, will write poetry. <laughs> I didn't know you had that in you. It was a short-lived dream. Then I decided to lift wings, weights instead. This is a long intro you yeah, have it here. Is. It's... You asked for it. All right. You know, he, he might have been Jack the Ripper. Did you know that, Edgar Allan? I heard that. Yeah. I heard that somewhere. That's interesting. All right. This is uh, The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. In a second, I'll start. Okay, it. Just whatever. To... Just... All right, here we go. You're right. reading the last, uh, the last stanza. And the raven, never flitting, is still sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on my floor. And my soul, from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted nevermore. Wow. wow. That was impressive, Arnold. Thank you so much. Brought a lot of heart ah, to that. No, thank you. Well, I'm an actor, you know. That's uh, you what know. I do. I do uh, interpretations of uh, dramatic works. Um, maybe I could do a biopic of Ed Colin Powell. That would be phenomenal. Oh, look at me. I'm writing uh, scary stories with a feather. See, I already have it down. I got the character down already. Listen, everybody, you have a happy Halloween. Take care of yourselves. Make sure you eat the uh, vegetables and lift a lot of weights. And everyone, don't eat too many candies, okay? Because it's not good for you and you won't get uh, 
you know, your your body will not uh, look like Eddie Pence with the incredible arms he has over there. Thank you, Arnold. Happy Halloween, everybody. I like you. Happy Halloween. Bye, Arnold. Thanks for stopping by. Wouldn't mind doing a podcast with that guy. I took the mask with him. I'm supposed to leave that behind. Hey, it's still our spooktacular. Thank you, Arnold, for uh, being our special wow. guest. We're not done yet. No, what we're going to do now is give a chance, a chance to a Garmy member. Oh, wow. To do a little trick or treat. What, we're doing quizzes. We got celebrities. It's, it's, it's a spooktacular. Wow, this is crazy. I told you it's a spooktacular. This is packed. I told you the show is jam packed with goodness. Doc <laughs> D. When I make a promise, I keep it. All right, we are now going to play the Garmy Game Show Spooktacular Edition. This is your chance, of course, for you to win some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. Uh, from the Garmy. It's so much fun. You know, we play it. Eddie Pence, I ask him 10 questions. Mm-hmm. If he gets at least half of them right, he just has to get five correct answers. Yeah, 50%. Then one of the lucky members of the Garmy who has sent in his name and address to Eddie Pence will, in fact, win some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's tell him. Hey, Ralph Garmin, tell him what they could win. Why, thank you, Ralph. Our lucky winner today could win a box of Ralph Report swag, including the Garmin shop glass, the Garmin notepad, and the Garmin air freshener. Back to you, Ralph. Why, thank you so much, Ralph. Uh, also, by the way, if Eddie blanks and gets none correct, yeah. which has happened, yes, it has. the contestant will also... Uh, also get yeah, it's, it's uh, a loophole we have, prizes. but it's a it's effective loophole. So let's play it. Let's play the Garmy yeah, Game Show. What do you say? We're pl- it's time for America's fastest growing quiz sensation, the Garmy Game Show, with the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin, and the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Eddie Pence. All right. We've explained how the game is played. Eddie, who are you playing for today in the Garmy? We're playing for Gary Cundall. Gary Cundall. Cundall. C-U-N-D-A-L-L? C-U-N-D. Cundall? Cundall. Cundall? Cundall. Gary Cundall. And where does uh, Gary hail from? Cheyenne, Wyoming. Wow. Big Sky Country. Yeah. All right. Uh, Isn't Gary... Montana Big Sky? Uh, probably. Oh. <laughs> so they got all, they all have Big Sky. It's all Big Sky because there's not a lot up there. Sky is big. Uh, Gary, you are today's contestant. If you want to play in this game, by the way, kids, you just have to send your name and mailing address to Eddie Pence, Eddie at the RalphReport.com. Please put in the subject line, Garmy Game Show, so he knows uh, what you're contacting him about. And then your name will go in the hopper. Yeah. Just like Gary's did. All right. This is very exciting because today's topic in the Garmy Game Show, Eddie Pence, uh-huh. since we will be talking about Halloween movies later on in the show. Yes. These are all quizzes, questions about classic Movie monsters, classic movie monsters. Now, I did make it multiple choice. Oh, thank you. So that Gary won't be disappointed by getting a (laughs) rock in his bag like Charlie Brown when he's trick-or-treating because I wanted to give him a fair shot. So uh, all of these questions will be multiple choice. If Eddie Pence is correct, you will hear this. And if he is incorrect, you will hear this. We'll go through all 10 questions, and at the end, we will tabulate the uh, answers and see if Gary wins or not. All right, here we go. Question number one. Yep. In 1932, Eddie Pence, okay. Boris Karloff played which kind of movie monster? A, a vampire. B, a mummy. C, a reanimated corpse. Hmm. Do you need the answers again? No, no. Oh, I, good. I want to. Because he played a couple, right? Correct? 
I can't really give you any. Well, I'm not hints. asking for details, but he he didn't just play one. He wasn't no. He's like Belagosi just played Dracula. Or right? did he? Or did he? I don't know. I think Lugosi played a couple. Did he play a couple too? too? I'm gonna go C. C reanimated corpse? No. Oh Christ! Yes. It's C. Only, the show's only I'm an gonna hour go long, Eddie Pence. I'm gonna go C. C. Yeah. That's what you're picking. Yes, yeah, C. Fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he did, of course, play a reanimated corpse in Frankenstein, uh, but that was in 1931, Eddie son Pence. Son of a bitch. In 1932, Boris Karloff starred as the Mummy. The Mummy is the answer we were looking for. Like a trick, trick question. Not trick question kind at all. Question. Not a trick question at all. All right, moving on. Uh, who was the star of 1941's The Wolfman? Legendary horror film, of course, from Universal. The Wolfman. Your choices are A, mm -hmm. Boris Karloff, God damn B, Lon Chaney Jr., C, Bela Lugosi. Those are your three choices. Who was the star of 1941's The Wolfman? Lon Chaney? That's correct. Lon Chaney Jr., was so popular in the role, actually, that he reprised the Wolfman character in four sequels. Wow. So, good good, good work for day for him. Yeah. Speaking of the Wolfman, how does the Wolfman finally die at the end of that film, Eddie Pence? Is he A, set on fire, B, beaten to death, C, killed with a silver bullet? Those are your options. Well, that's the way you kill a werewolf with a silver bullet, right? So I would say C. Once again, you're asking for hints that I simply cannot provide. <laughs> I'm just there trying, are very strict I'm rules to, when it comes to game I shows. I want to talk through the answers, well, like on who free. wants to be a millionaire. Talk to yourself, that's what they want. But, but Regis never told anybody anything. <laughs> he just sat there. Well, I was hoping you're better than Regis. I'm not. C. God damn no, I'm it. sorry. He was beaten to death by his own father. Oh. Beat him to death with a walking stick, which happened to have a silver handle on oh, it. Man. And silver, of course, uh, is the metal that has the power to kill well, that's a dumb. Uh, werewolf. That's so just stupid. He was beaten to death by his own father. It's very dramatic. That's stupid. Have Some you old, ma seen? old man with a walking stick beating you to death? What kind of werewolf are you? You don't know, man. Plus. Uh, in the original King Kong movie, of course, uh -huh. the legendary movie monster yeah. King Kong, where does King Kong come from? Your choices are A, Australia, B, Death Mountain, C, Skull Island are your answers. Man, this is a trick question, too. A, Australia, mm -hmm. B, Death Mountain, C, Skull Island in the original King Kong. Of course I want to say Skull Island. Where did Kong but the original come King from? Kong. What's the second one again? A, Australia, B, Death Mountain, C, Skull Island. Let's say Australia. I'm sorry, Skull Island was really? the answer we were looking for. God, Skull see, you're, Island. You're fucking with me. Was the, you're, uh, you're fucking with me. Was the you're, origin you're to, of Kong in the movie? Him. I King know Kong. that is, but I thought for the first one it might have been something different. Well, it wasn't. God damn it. Uh, what does the monster in Frankenstein do in the original Frankenstein that causes a public relations uproar for Universal Pictures? Caused them a lot of trouble. This content in the movie A desecrates a church. B, kills a priest. Three, throws a little girl into a lake. I want to say kills a priest. I'm sorry, throws a little girl into a lake. Have really? You, have you never seen Frankenstein? I'm, I'm maybe when like I was a kid. It's a famous scene where he remember. tosses this little girl. She gives him a flower and he takes her, he throws her, tosses her in the lake. It's kind of funny. It's not funny. It's <laughs> horrific. It's kind of funny. Seems like it should be a young Frankenstein. Oh, my all right, uh, the legendary vampire film Nosferatu. Ah, yes. 
originated from which country? It was made in which country, Eddie Pence? A, France, B, Germany, 3, Austria. Germany. That is correct. It is a German film in 1922. That film came from Germany. Many copies, by the way, of that film were destroyed because Bram Stoker's family, who created Dracula, sued the makers of Nosferatu, saying they stole the story, which, of course, they did. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, how does the vampire die at the end of Nosferatu, Eddie Pence? A, sunlight strikes him. B, a stake through the heart. C, he is set on fire. Sunlight. That is correct. Sunlight strikes him, turns him into smoke. It's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, Speaking of vampire films, Bela Lugosi, of course, starred as Dracula in the 1931 film. How does he die in that film? Is it A, too much garlic, (laughs) B, a stake through the heart, or C, also sunlight, Uh, this time bounced uh, off a mirror? How does Bela Lugosi's vampire Dracula die in that famous film. I mean, those are all viable ways to die. They are absolutely, I will give you that much, they are all equally effective (laughs) weapons against a vampire. I'm going to go see. See sunlight again? Off a mirror? That's what you're taking? Sorry, a stake through the heart, of course. A Uh, stake pounded through his heart, which uh, kills him. Damn it. In 1931, Yeah. Paramount got into the monster movie game as well with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, starring Frederick March. He won an Oscar for that role, by the way. Yes. In that film, how does Dr. Jekyll turn into the evil Mr. Hyde? Is it A, a curse spell? B, a scientific formula? C, a radioactive wand? Uh, B. Final answer? The second one, yes. That's correct. He takes a potion which turns him into Mr. Hyde. In fact, the original story by Robert Louis Stevenson was said to be an allegory for alcoholism. Oh, interesting. Yeah, man drinks uh, turns the, into a monster. the wrong potion, turns into a violent I monster. I can see that. So there you go. Here we go. Final question. What is the name of the monster in The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Everyone thinks that's the name of the creature, right. but that's the name of the movie. In yep. fact, your choices are A, uh-huh. the Beast, B, the Slayer, C, the Gill Man. The Gill Man. That is correct. It is the Gill Man. All right, those were our 10 questions. Let's do some quick tabulations and see how many any Pence got correct and see if Gary's a big winner. Well, uh, it came down to the final answer. Oh, and Gill Man won it for Gary. Gary. I got five, baby. Congratulations, Gary. You're the winner of the spooktacular edition of the Garmy Game Show. It didn't come easy. No, it did not. But Eddie Pence kept uh, kept hitting foul tips off of the bat until he finally got on base. I so keep it interesting. You do, that's for sure. Congratulations, Gary. Keep your eyes peeled. On your mailbox, we'll be sending you that box of Garmy swag out real soon. That was today's Halloween edition of the Garmy Game Show. See you next time on The Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. All righty. Thank you, John Cooperman. Now it's time to turn our attention to you guys, the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. You can write us an email like you're going to write to Eddie if you want to be in the hopper for mm-hmm. the game show. Ralph at the Ralph Report. Dot com, Eddie at the Ralph Report.com, Steve at the Ralph Report.com. If you want to reach out, 
or you can do what many folks choose to do, which is to leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. It's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week to leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. You just got to dial up the number 1-833-HI-RALPH. I listen to them all, and then I grab a handful. We put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now and see what's on your mind. First up is Cindy. Yesterday was Thursday, and ordinarily we have a segment that people have come to love called Thirsty Thursday yes, on Thursdays, yes. but we have put that on hold because Carl uh, ran into a little trouble. He was uh, overindulging and got pulled over, and so we thought it'd be inappropriate to continue that segment with yes. him as a bartender, yes. given his circumstances. Cindy called in with a very interesting suggestion. Hey, Ralph, it's Cindy from Tacoma, and I just had an idea. Um, with it being Thursday, and I was thinking, oh, going to have Thursday Thursdays with Carl and started singing the jingle in my head. Congratulations, Scoop. And then I thought, you know what? I can't drink anymore because of the medications I'm on, and it's really, really hard to find beverages to drink when you're out with people. Not that we're out with people right now. And have it not be soda or, you know, water. Um, so I wonder if Carl would be up for doing non-alcoholic beverages. Because it'd be nice to have some options. Thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. How about that idea? That's a kind of smart idea. Bring back Carl and have him do uh, some, some mocktail recipes. Some virgin drinks. Non-alcoholic drinks for people like Cindy who can't drink because of uh, medication or Eddie Pence who can't drink because he's wrong in the head. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people don't drink. <laughs> yeah, I Dr. Can't drink. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I can't drink anymore. I don't drink any less, but I can't drink anymore. <laughs> So um, that's a great idea, Cindy. I'm going to run that past uh, Carl. I'll give him a little time to kind of get his life in order and stuff, and we'll yeah. reach out and see if he wants to be a fun idea. pick up with some uh, non-alcoholic drinks. Yesterday, we were talking about Spain and their curfew to try to curb coronavirus yeah. there in that country. We're like, why are they curfewing at like 6 to midnight? What the hell goes on in Spain at nighttime? Yeah. Turns out we're the dummies, and it turns out a lot goes on in Spain mm -hmm. at night. Hey, Ralph, this is Melissa, three-star general. So I was hearing you talk about the lockdown with um, the curfew in Spain. And as someone who has spent uh, many a month in Spain, I can tell you that they do hang out really late. Um, our midday is like noon. They consider midday to be 2.30 or 3, so that's when they have lunch. You, If you go to dinner, you usually don't go to dinner until 10 or 11 at night. And then if you're going to go out and go clubbing, it's around 2 or 3 a.m. And then you just stay out all night and you come back when the sun um, comes up. So, yeah, they have a different culture there um, between 12 and 6 is really when when all the living happens. All right, LMB. How about that? Wow. I got to go visit Spain. I mean, food-wise, food wise, that's my schedule. I usually eat lunch around 2 or 3 and late dinner. But How do you eat dinner that late? I just do. Because the day goes by and next thing you know, it's 9 o'clock. Oh, shit, I got to make dinner. I eat dinner like an old man. <laughs> 4.30? Yes. I get the, I get the special <laughs> the early at Denny's. <laughs> no, because the kid eats early, so I usually eat with her. Yeah. Because she's in bed by 
eight o'clock. See, Colton's not in bed by eight o'clock. Well, you're you raised your kid like a free range chicken. That's why the kid does whatever the hell he wants to do anytime he wants to do right. it. Right. We have a schedule here at the Garmin. And household. if I happen to die while I'm out, he's going to be fine in the house by himself. <laughs> Great. You got a plan for these contingencies. I see. All right. Uh, yesterday, I also said some less than kind words about Kate Jackson, Charlie's Angels. I was a, I was for Kate. I know, but I was saying, you know, it's hard to be the Charlie's Angel oh, that yeah. nobody really has the hots for. She was the overlooked one. And the yeah. girls who even were playing Charlie's Angels in my neighborhood nest, didn't nest. Nobody really wanted to be Kate Jackson. Right. I don't even remember what her character, Sabrina was her name, character. <laughs> so uh, a lot of Kate Jackson fans rose to her defense. This gentleman did. Oh, Ralph, you, you know, you don't have to feel bad about, uh, bad for uh, Kate Jackson because, you know, there was plenty of us. Uh, Plenty of us uh, adolescent boys back in the day who dug her. I mean, I, for one, would have tapped that like a mafia phone line. He would have tapped it like a mafia phone line, Eddie Pence. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Well, mafia's phone lines get tapped by the I FBI. I know, but like, that's not even... I it's a it. thing now. Okay. Scotty had a question. <laughs> he wants to know where something comes from. Hey, Ralph, this is Scotty, two-star general. Oh, howdy-ho, Odie. Um, I, well, you know, Halloween's coming up, and I'm dressing up as the oh-so-sexy Zanguli. Yes. Um, if you don't know who he is, he um, is basically Elvira for the Midwest, but goofy. Uh, so I'm dressing up as him, and his big thing beyond bad horror movies is rubber chickens. And, you know, the concept of that rubber chicken, I don't really understand where that even came from so could you look that up for me and possibly tell all of us where the rubber chicken started and why it became so popular thanks ralph love you mean it bye what a great question when did rubber chickens start to be equated with comedy i don't know that's that's a weird prop yeah uh by the way love sven Gulli. i watch him on uh, me tv all yeah. the time do you ever watch sven yeah, i do i do i do it's very funny and at the end of his show when he's getting back into his coffin, everybody throws <laughs> rubber chickens at him. And he's got a shield and everything. But when did uh, rubber chickens and comedy first start hanging out together? Well, there's only one way we could find out where something came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Yes, the rubber chicken. It goes all the way back to medieval times, Eddie Does Pence. it? Yes. More of a vaudevillian thing or something. No, it turns out jesters, uh, when they wanted to hit each other, yeah. they didn't have props like we have now with rubber or latex right. or anything. So what they would do was take pig bladders, inflate them, and then attach them to the end of a stick. <laughs> And they would hit each other with pig bladders. So it's like a sack on the end of a stick. Exactly. But they weren't always available. Right. And it turns out the one thing that was always available were chicken carcasses. <laughs> so they would grab the chicken by the neck and hit each other with them in a staged combat. Wow. For hilarity to ensue. <laughs> and the, the using a, hitting someone with a chicken became known as a funny thing. And of course, as, uh, as man progressed and was able to replicate right. things out of rubber and plastic, we moved on from real chickens to rubber chickens. How about that? How about that, indeed? So there you go. That's where that comes from, Scotty. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? No fucking no. How appropriate does that sound for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Spanish Inquisition sound. Yeah, it's scary. 
Um, yesterday was mm-hmm. Sex You Day. Yes. And it was sex horror stories. Awful. Eddie Pence does not always react well no, when we do topics like that. Some people seem to find it funny. I think it's horrible <laughs> to see him struggling like that. But other people seem to find it funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you broke Eddie with that blue tampon. Um, <laughs> please, please save that sound he made. Uh, it was almost a record scratch of a throw up. <laughs> I think it went something like this. Um, <laughs> that is the best uh, sound effect ever. Uh, thanks. Love you, Nick. Bye. Yeah, we were talking about a story about a woman who had uh, sex, drunkenly had sex Ugh. while still wearing a tampon, and 19 days later Ugh. found the tampon, and it had turned a, a blue color, apparently, was the story. Ugh. And Eddie's reaction to that, this gentleman was talking about, has now been preserved for future generations. <laughs> Here's Eddie Pence reacting to that story. <laughs> 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 Sounds like a clown car horn. (laughs) Oh, dear God. I'm going to love that forever. Hey, it turns out that uh, the reactions not only are wonderful, but they're potentially lucrative because we also got this phone call from Josh. Ralph Garman. Yeah. And Edwin Pence. That's him. Mm-hmm. This is Josh. Two star from Pennsylvania. October 29th. Yes. 2020. Yes. This is a top 10 show. Thank you. No joke. Wow. A fucking around. Okay. All right. That's what this is. Reviews this are is a in. Top 10 show for the year. Okay. <laughs> I laughed my ass off across the board. Right. Oh. I mean, you had that nice guy calling Mike. Yes, it was very going nice. Going through some shit. And Mike, keep your chin up. It's going to get better. And you delivered a powerhouse, a powerhouse <laughs> show. Thank you, Josh. Jesus. The calls, the segments, and well. Yes. If I may. Yes. If you could cut together. Yes. The Eddie Wrenches, the Wrenches mm-hmm. from Sex You. Yes. I'm throwing an extra star on my account. <sighs> what? I'm a two star. Yes. I'm going to three. Wow. If you could do a little, little quick edit work for me. Yeah. And drop that out because I, I need it as a ringtone or a notification alert, something. Right. I gotta have it. All right. I gotta have it. Okay. Jesus. If it's worth an extra star, I'm in. All right. It's clear. Ralph. Yes. Eddie, hats off. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy fucking Halloween. And Woo! to you. And to you, Josh. Wow, he's happy. Our most enthusiastic Garmy member. <laughs> Look, if it's going to mean an upgrade. You got to do it. I can't leave money on the no. table. That'd be foolish. You can't. So I stitched together Eddie's reactions from the entirety of yesterday's Sex University through all the uh, sex horror stories. Mm. Here is a mashup <laughs> of all of Eddie's reactions to those stories. Uh, oh, oh, wow. Ew. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck, dude. Jesus. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs>
<laughs> it kind of tells a story. It does. <laughs> One more time. Oh. 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 Wow. Ew. Good lord. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck, dude. Just. Oh, my God. Oh. So, Josh, thank you so much for the suggestion and for the upgrade. And for anyone who would like that as a ringtone, I will be posting that as an MP3. You can download uh, to uh, have your have your phone ringtone be Eddie wow. Eddie Retching. Oh. All right, before we say goodbye, it's time for our happy hit. We try to play some music at the top of the show to give you a little jump in your step, make you feel a little bit better before you launch into your day. No requests taken today. Well, actually, a lot of people requested this, but I was planning on doing it anyway. A little executive decision. If you can't hear this song as a happy hit this time of year, when are you going to listen to it? It's the great Bobby Boris Pickett, right? <laughs> Our favorite. <laughs> the favorite around here with the Monster Mash. beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it caught on in a flash he did the mash he did the monster mash from my laboratory in the castle east the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flag. They did the mash. They did yeah. Wow, that was two years ago. We did that whole. I thing. know that's we crazy. broke down all his uh, his remakes and reboots <laughs> and every last drop of wow. of money he could wring out of that that song. Talk about a top ten episode. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a keeper. That's classic. Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. But you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Now it's time for us to take a look at folks who passed away on October 30th throughout history and pay uh, homage to their legacies and their lives. And we do it with a segment called Hello Death. And the opening jingle for Hello Death, I thought, was performed by a Garmy member named uh, Jennifer Stewart. But yeah. it turns out that song actually does come from the great beyond. It was sent to us from the great beyond really? by a deceased sexy disco dancer named Diabolique. Oh. And so she has sent in a little message for the Garmy, knowing how much we enjoy her song. Hello, Garmy. This is Diabolique, your dearly departed death disco dancer. I'm hoping you all have a thrilling Halloween. But be good, or else... 
I'll see you real soon. <laughs> Ooh. Doesn't make death sound so bad, oh. really, when you know she's waiting Not for looking you. Looking forward to it now. Yeah. Um, D.L. Balik also sent along a full-length version of the Hello Death song. Oh. Should we play that for Halloween? Why not? We probably won't have another opportunity. No. What could be more appropriate than playing a uh, the full-length version of Hello Death? Here is D.L. Balik and her backup singers <laughs> with the uh, full version of Hello Death as we get into Hello Death. Or run into a shelf Hello death Did you eat was a mold Or just get old Hello death Did you fall from the sky About firm and we'll know why In the mold you said goodbye Hello death Shakespeare, Prince, David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not tuck and roll and pay the mortal toll of death? Anyway you go, history will know of death. Were you a super sacred spy or just a normal guy who had to say goodbye? It's a great tune. That Diabolique, she's talented. She is. Yes. Wherever she is. Wherever she is in the great beyond. All right. On this day, October 30th, in the year 1823, Edmund Cartwright passed away. Eddie Pence. Yeah. You know what I'd say about the 1800s, right? Ripe for inventions. So many fucking inventions. And Edmund came up with a good one. The power loom. Power loom. The power loom. What's a loom do? I know what power is. <laughs> You don't know what a loom does? What does a loom do? A loom weaves fabric. Oh, a okay. Loom. Gotcha. What'd you think I was saying? I don't know. I did. I, I I pictured something that lifted something up. And it used to be done by hand. You would have threads running yeah. across and up and down, and you'd have to take a piece of yeah. wood and come down and pack the threads together. No, I, I know what a loom is now. Apparently just, you don't. I didn't before, but now you said Suddenly it, and I'm like, oh, that, oh cool. yeah, that's what a loom is. I, I so he invented the mechanized loom, oh, so you wouldn't so have to do it by hand. Put somebody out of work. Industrial revolution. Right. Change the nature of commerce. Putting people out of work. Good oh, job. Christ. You want people still to stand around and weave Well, whoever was clothing. doing the loom, she that was how she was paying for they, kids to they, eat. They died at 30 of tuberculosis anyway. <laughs> Who's going to miss them? In 1910, Henri Durand. Henri. Henri Durand. Swiss humanitarian died at the age of 82. He founded the Red Cross. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yes. They do good stuff, right? They do indeed. So Henri Dunant, a tip of the cap to that gentleman. In 1959, Blonde Dolly died. And by died, I mean she was murdered at the age of 32. She passed away. Gently. <laughs> she passed away at 33. 
after she was murdered. <laughs> she was a Dutch prostitute, Eddie Pence, oh. known as Blonde Dolly. How'd she get famous? Well, her real name was Sybil Niemans. Okay. And she was a low-class girl who worked her way up into high society by uh, learning beyond her station. She learned English and French, and she would dress well, and she saved her money up and bought herself a nice car. So she kept moving up in terms of her clientele. Oh. Now, here's the thing. Apparently, her little blue book contained names of some very high-ranking regular customers in the government, Eddie Ooh, Pence. Blackmail stuff. One day, she was found murdered at the age of 33. The police would never release her notebook, and no charges were ever brought against anyone. And that caused a uh, considerable scandal in the Netherlands at I would the time. imagine. People still talk about the Blonde Dolly case. I wonder if she threatened people with blackmail, and that's why, that's how she kept getting more money and stuff and moved up. It's an excellent question. Or whether, or maybe she just made some people nervous that she yeah. might reveal their identity, and mm. they didn't want to have sex scandal on mm. their hands. Remember the days when a sex scandal would ruin you politically? Oh, yeah, that's when we had a conscience. Yeah, those were good days. 1979, Barnes-Wallace, English scientist, engineer, and inventor, died at the age of 92. He invented the bouncing bomb. What does that do? The bouncing bomb was used by the Royal Air Force in World War II, Eddie Pence. Mm -hmm. And they used them to bring down dams. They were called the dam buster when they would try to blow up uh, dams in Germany. Yeah. And the bouncing bomb is one that's dro dropped out of a plane and it bounces across the water until it gets to this destination and then explodes. How does it do that? Uh, what? By, it uh, by a cool invention. <laughs> It's encased in something, and it just it keeps rolling along, and then it detonates. Does it at a have to hit at a certain time. angle? I would suppose. I, mean, to, I assume you have to come down. You and can't sort come of, straight down. No, you got to drop it off like you're uh, skimming a stone. Yeah, I would, I would guess something like that, probably. But they used to put up torpedo nets, so you couldn't fire a torpedo at the dams. But this would bounce over those and get to its destination and explode. How about that. He also invented the earthquake bomb. What is that? Which was a bomb that instead of impacting, uh, exploding on impact would penetrate deep into the ground and then explode at a specified time, creating a giant crater or cavern underneath properties and causing great seismic destruction and causing them to implode into that the ground. That sounds awful. It was very useful against the Nazis when they had to Yo. take out large munition plants. Well, they had all those big, bunkers. Big spaces of land. Yeah. You could do a lot of damage with an earthquake Nazis bomb. had all those bunkers. So just be glad he was on our side. That's yeah, all I'm Jesus, saying. man. In 1988, Teehee. Died. Teehee? Teehee. First Th name, last name? Thornton He, known uh. as T, always was credited as Teehee when he did his animation. He was an American animator, worked for a lot of studios, most famously Walt Disney. He directed the Dance of the Hours segment of Fantasia. Oh. When I watch Fantasia, and I haven't seen it for a while, but yeah. the last time I saw it, I, was m I marvel at the man hours that went into that production yes the way animation was done back then no was, cgi no. everything done by hand it is sort of a miracle yeah frame by frame crazy crazy he also worked uh, designing for disneyland and disney world he's the man responsible for the figures on the clock at the small world ride in oh, disneyland okay so, there you go 1991 william shea passed away at the age of 84 he was the lawyer who brought baseball back to new york city with the new york mets and of course william shea Mm -hmm. Shea got, got the stadium named yeah. after him where they played for many years. Terry Southern, the writer, died on this day in 1995 at the age of 71. He was a terrific writer, wrote some great comic novels like Candy and Magic Christian, probably best known for his screenplays, though. He wrote Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned oh. to Love the Bomb. Great. 
uh, Easy Rider, also nice. worked on that. The Cincinnati Kid, Magic Christian. He even wrote for Saturday Night Live briefly in the 1980s. Hmm. 1979, Sam Fuller, the screenwriter and director, died of natural causes at 85. Uh, the Big Red One, probably his best-known film, war movie starring Mark Hamill. It was his first film, yeah. I think, after Star, Star Wars, Wars, if I'm not mistaken. In the year 2000, Steve Allen, American comedian and TV host and composer, died. He was the original host of The Tonight Show. Uh, huge talent. His own show, The Steve Allen Show, if you ever see any footage from it, had an amazing cast of characters that played supporting roles on that, recurring characters. Guys like Don Knotts got his break yeah. on there. Louis Nye, Bill Dana, Tom Poston. Remarkable yeah. slew of talent guy, talented guys on that show. In 2002, Jam Master Jay. American rapper and musician was murdered, sadly, on this day. But his music lives on. I love me some Run DMC. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. In 2007, Washu died. Washu? Washu. Who was he? He was a chimpanzee, Eddie Pence. Oh, okay. That was trained in American Sign Language. That's better than martial arts. You could have, <laughs> you would not want to train a chimpanzee. No, in you would arts. not. They can already rip your face right, off. Right, exactly. You don't want to teach them techniques. <laughs> you don't want to improve their murder technique. No, he was a sweetheart who learned American Sign Language. You could have conversations with Washu. Before he ripped your face off. He was like Coco the gorilla. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish I could talk to a chimpanzee. Yes, I would love to have a conversation with a chimpanzee. Because they have to be behind a cage. Why? Coco never was. Until they hit sexual maturity, and then Coco's going to rip your face off. Coco was an old gorilla by the time she died. Well, not Coco, but I'm talking about chimpanzees. Gorillas are different. What if you signed, don't rip my face off? Then you're communicating with him. They'll sign back, tough tit, and then they'll rip your face off. (laughs) Will you sign back, titty hard on? THOs, here comes your face. (laughs) And your nipples and your penis because I do that too. Why do you hate our our? Because we shouldn't our, mess with the our chimps. genetic relatives. Leave the chimps alone. You know we share like ninety six percent of DNA with chimps. And they're happy where they live. They're Let's not relatives. teach them sign language. Oh man, so you're getting it's one step closer to Planet of the Apes. In two thousand seven, Robert Goulet, American singer and actor, died at the age of seventy three. He was a terrific talent, uh, like the booze, too, did Bobby Goulet. <laughs> Probably best known for originating the role of Lancelot on Broadway in the smash hit musical Camelot. What a cast that was. Richard Burton as King Arthur. Julie Andrews. Wow. On her, in her Broadway debut as Guinevere. And then you got Robert Goulet as Lancelot singing this classic song. If ever I would leave you. It wouldn't be in summer. If I could sing like that, I'd Man. never speak. I would sing everything. <laughs> Al Molinaro, the American actor, died on this day in 2015, the age of 96. It's a pretty good run. Yeah, it is. He was Murray the Cop on the uh, sitcom The Odd Couple. And, of course, he was Al on Happy Days. He ran mm-hmm. Arnold's yeah. for many seasons. 2018, Whitey Bulger. American mob boss was killed in prison at the age of 89. If you ever saw the movie Black Mass yeah. with Johnny Depp, you know the story of Whitey Bulger turned yep. informant for the FBI yep. and then uh, went inside and uh, did not did not last long. I don't think he had a good end. He did not. No, no. I think they uh, cracked his skull open on the cement floor. Yeah, if I'm they not did mistaken. a bunch of shit to him, I believe. Bad things happened to Whitey Bulger on this day in 2018. He did not pass away. No. <laughs> 
anyway, you know what we do at this point? We run a food past Eddie Pence that has something to do with somebody who died on this day. And we see if he'll eat the food or perhaps even stick it up his ass and then pull it out of his ass. <clears throat> Today is no different. On this day in 1912, James S. Sherman passed away. And this kind of surprised me. But then I realized we don't know much about these guys. Yeah. He was the 27th vice president of the United States. Never heard of him. Never heard of him either. No. Till, until I was doing research for this segment, I had never heard the name <laughs> James S. Sherman. Who was he uh, vice president for? He was a goddamn vice president. For who? And no one knows him. What president? Well, he wasn't really with a very popular president. Uh -oh. He was with uh, William Howard Taft. Oh, Taft. Yeah, yeah, he was Taft's VP. Okay. So uh, he was the vice president, died on this day in 1912. His father, he came from money and politics, by the way. His father, uh, Richard U. Sherman, was a New York State politician, but also a newspaper publisher and editor. But his money came from the food business. He was the president and founder of the New Hartford Canning Company, established in 1880. And they canned a lot of vegetables, as you can imagine. That was the only way you could really preserve food yep. back in the day. Their big money maker, Eddie Pence, mm -hmm. beets, canned beets. Oh man! Here's the funny thing about canned beets. Yeah, they say if you can vegetables, you can change the flavor of that vegetable because sometimes it picks up a metallic taste from the can, mm -hmm. or just the way it's preserved it doesn't taste as good as the fresh. Interestingly, canned beetroots or beets. They have a taste that that rival their fresh or frozen counterparts. Chefs say it's hard to tell the difference between a fresh cooked beetroot and a canned beetroot. And they give you the same nutritional value as well. You get a good source of fiber, iron, folate. Can't go wrong with some canned beets. Now, as a child, I was uh, wary of beets. Uh -huh. And as an adult, not too long ago, I was like, you know what? I haven't had beet in a while. I want to see, just check in and see mm -hmm. if my, uh, yeah. my beet radar is uh has changed right. anyway god damn if they aren't good they're all about the beets i love me some beets now when i get a salad i uh i make sure they they got beets on aren't there. they good for boners there you are they're, they're i heard they're good for boners really good for circulation yeah. and good for boners as yeah, well yeah. it's good boner food so what more reason <laughs> do you need to eat canned beets let's see if eddie pence wants a little extra boner food or not you know how we do this we pull the handle of the patented eddie pence jackpot slot machine that is the only scientific way to tell whether eddie pence will eat something or not <laughs> if we get a jackpot that means yep he's eating it however if the reels are mismatched well then it's just all trick and no treat let's find out about beats shall we one beat two beats three oh my god i don't know eddie. Like coagulated mud <laughs> <laughs> fucking gross man have you had a beat? No, Have you ever I will even not eat a beat. eaten a beat? I will not eat a beat. You will eat a beat. While standing on my feet. I will not eat a beat. <laughs> hey, Dr. In Seuss. In a seat. I will not eat a beat. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, you will eat a beat. <laughs> no. It fucking looks gross, man. Ugh. Would you it's eat like a it? dark red. Would you eat it dressed real neat? <laughs> Would you eat it with your feet? <laughs> with my pants pleat. Did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you pull a muscle with that stretch? I did. Come on. Beets are tasty and they're good for no, you. No, no. They look gross. Well, they look foul. Turns out I was looking for something for Munch and Monday, Fuck. and it looks like uh, we may have our so answer right there. It looks awful. It, they come in a can, right? And they stay in the can shape. 
when you pop no, them out of the you're can. you're thinking about uh, cranberry That's well, cranberry, sauce. too, too. Beets don't do that? Uh, they don't cram are, them into the can? They're, they're, uh, they're, they're circular, but they're not can-shaped. Oh. No, they don't come out of a mold, for God's sakes. No, they're just beets. Gross. Oh, they're so good. so gross. So good, so for, so good for you. No. So Monday, we're going to munch some beets, <laughs> and we'll get some boners. It'll be fun. <laughs> We'll have a double. I don't want a boner. <laughs> a, I don't want a boner. It'll be a win-win on Monday. And that's today's Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. I'm a little surprised to see you here today, Eddie Pence. Why? Because I thought you would just be home in front of your massive nine-foot television screen just watching Mandalorian episodes. <laughs> Season 2 debuts today. It debuted this morning at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm. That means uh, midnight here in the uh, Pacific area. And, um, yeah, the, the details of the episodes have been tightly super tight uh, held under lock and key so we don't sure we're not sure what's going to happen in this upcoming season or not but we know well, Carl Weathers is going to give out some hockey pucks and then the next be, thing you know I think Boba Fett's going to be in it that's oh what's my cool god can you imagine I haven't seen it yet I it, it premiered last night at midnight and I didn't watch it cuz I my kid wants to see it with me so I'm uh, waiting to watch it with Colton that's nice so I'm as much as I wanted to sneak up anyway and watch it at midnight I just say yeah, I'm just going to wait until after this show, and I'm going to go home, we're going to watch it. That'll be good. You guys can stay up until 2 or 3 in the morning, yes. whatever his usual bedtime is, and just see every but episode. I couldn't wait. I couldn't watch it, the premiere, because I wanted to, he wanted to watch it with me. So. Well, when last we saw uh, uh, Moth McBadguy. <laughs> he had the Darksaber, He had dude. the Darksaber, and he was cutting his way out How'd of How did he get uh, the Darksaber? How did he not get mangled in the crash of that uh, but spaceship? But who cares about that? Who? How did he get the Darksaber? How does the Darksaber protect you from getting your face butt beat in by a piece of metal from inside a mm. spaceship. That's what he, I He was probably, to. he wore a seatbelt, like ah, any good moth does. I see. And he's the dark, and whoever has the Darksaber rules Mandalore. Good point. Okay. Looking forward to wow. it. Wow. I'll watch. Right. I watched the first season. I enjoyed it. Hater. I'm not a hater. Drink all your hater, eh? I didn't sign that uh, petition for the, did you see that oh, yeah. Star Wars declaration of war that Star some Wars, fans got together Star and released? Star Wars fans are the fucking worst. They really They're are. the worst fandom in fandom. They really are. What's their They're fucking awful problem? people. Just enjoy the goddamn movie. You're getting Star Wars. It should have ended in 1983, and you're still getting it. Fucking enjoy it. And it's, Stop being awful. And it turns out it's just movies and TV shows. That's all it is. It's fun stories. If you don't like them, check out and do something else. Well, good luck finding something else to do for right. some of those people. I fucking love it. Make more. Speaking of Star Wars, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, he'll be busy tonight. He won't be watching Mandalorian. He's going to be giving. He won't be oh, taking. Yeah. 
<laughs> he is going to join the cast of Fright Night. Speaking of scary Ooh. movies, they are doing a reunion fundraiser for the uh, Michigan Democratic Party. They're doing one of those staged readings, and the entire cast is getting back together, with, the, of course, the exception of Roddy McDowell, who was in yeah. the original film. And so Mark Hamill will take over the role nice. as the vampire hunter in that film. That but almost made my movie pick for this movie. I almost picked that as well I because I find not enough people know that I movie. I love that movie. It's enormously fun. It's scary and funny yeah. and adventurous. It's really awesome. Chris Sarandon will be on hand. William Ragsdale, who you may know from Gremlins as well, was the lead in that film. He'll be back. Amanda Bierce, who played his girlfriend in that film, will be there. Um, Stephen Jeffries, Jonathan Stark, a lot of people from the original cast will be on hand. So if you want to check that out, you can see that tonight online. Congratulations are in order to Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. Well, congratulations to Colin Jost anyway. <laughs> they are now a married couple, according to sources. They got married over the weekend in Palisades, New York. And uh, she just bought an iconic four-bedroom home there. Oh, wow. For $4 million. And so that's, I guess, where they will be staying. I would imagine. It was uh, it was designed by the same man who uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt commissioned to design the West Wing of the White House. Really? Yeah, so it's got some history to huh. it. But uh, Good for him. I guess. How many times has she been married? This, this is her, her third, third marriage. marriage. I completely forgot she was married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That seems like forever I ago. know, I know. And she was also married to a journalist named Romaine Doriac. And so now the third time uh, for them. Third time's a charm. Yeah, she um, she seems to have a diminishing returns when it comes to her men. Yeah. Starting with Ryan Reynolds, and now she's got that white bread piece of wallpaper. I used to see up at Runyon Canyon. I live right by Runyon Canyon. And after their divorce, you would see Ryan Reynolds up there every day just with a hood on and earphones just wandering the canyon. Really? Like that was how he was getting through whatever Processing it. she put him through. <laughs> or whatever he put her through. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he and his buddy Hugh Jackman, his friend of me, they are taking their fake feud to Sam's Club. I don't know if you saw the new advertising no. campaign or not. You know, they both have um, food businesses. Jackman has a, co a coffee company called Laughing Man Coffee. Mm -hmm. And Reynolds, of course, has Aviation Gin. And so they're both selling their products at Sam's Club, competing against each other. And the proceeds from those sales are going to charities. Oh. So they're going to... Uh, they stoke their feud a little bit for some advertising for Sam's Club and also make some money for a, a good, nice. good cause. They're good people. We got some trailers that dropped yesterday. Halloween Kills, the second in the rebooted Halloween franchise starring Jamie Lee Curtis. The teaser trailer for that dropped yesterday, appropriately, given that it is Halloween week. However, you won't see the film until Halloween of next year. Right. So it's going to be a minute. But anyway, here is the entirety of the teaser trailer for the movie Halloween Kills. Next Halloween, when the sun sets and someone is alone, he kills. see the mask laying at his feet and he picks up the uh the puts it on the mask and puts it now on. at the end of the last one didn't they kill him never saw it you didn't see it. you just and i never saw it i never saw the film i thought they trapped him in the basement and they killed him eddie eddie i didn't know there was some sort of cliffhanger ending to eddie it. Well, I, 
They do it at the end of every one of these I goddamn know, movies. But it, just, it felt like they wrapped that one up. And it was they like, always okay. do. And then in the beginning of the next film, they do a 10-minute flashback of the How end of the got film. Out. And then they show you that there was a secret right. passage he or pulled something. pulled the coffee table over top of himself. Then uh, two years from next year or year, they're going to do the third and final, in quotes, mm -hmm. film in that trilogy called Halloween Ends. And apparently Jamie Lee Curtis... Uh, finally gets her finally. revenge okay. we'll see she kind of got it in the last one apparently not I guess not speaking of trailers that dropped yesterday fuck Michael Bay right in the ear what happened I didn't see he's got a new movie out called Songbird yeah oh it's a uh, romantic story about a uh, a couple that is separated by COVID lockdown oh that takes place four years in the future oh and it's a world where everyone is completely locked down and no one can be on the streets and government run death squads will shoot you on site if you're out in the street come on man and covid 23 has created a hellscape that people have to live in come and on. i watched this channel i was like fuck you have we not suffered enough with the reality of this situation that you have to try to cash in with your sci-fi bullshit yeah He's a douchebag. Wow. Here's a little of that trailer. Curfew is now in effect. All unauthorized citizens must stay indoors. Tensions rise as we enter the 213th week of lockdown. A grim new reality emerges. COVID-23 has mutated. Beginning thermal scan. Thermal scan normal. A horrifying new development new today. New data confirms the virus attacks the brain tissue. Whoa, 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 I'm immune! I'm immune! Fuck that. Why do we, we don't need that. Nobody needs that. <sighs> Science fiction and horror films used to be allegories or metaphors for social situations, yeah. you know? For like Godzilla yeah. was Japan's answer to having the atomic, atomic bomb yes. dropped on them, yes. you know? And it mutated this creature. And there, you know, if you looked far enough, you would find the source of some social commentary. People are suffering with this. You don't make a movie about quarantine and COVID. What's the commentary here? The government's going to take over and force everyone into quarantine? The commentary is give me money. Give me money is the commentary. Michael Bay's awful. All right. Let's go from bad people to good people. Paul Rudd yesterday was standing in the rain in New York handing out cookies to people who were waiting in the rain to vote. Paul Rudd. Come on. He's... He is a superhero. He was literally walking around under an umbrella, handing out people who were waiting in line in Brooklyn to vote to say, I wanted to say thank you for coming out and doing your part and voting, he said, as he handed them fresh made cookies. Why doesn't he run for president? I want him to run for everything. <laughs> He's just the best. So good man. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on October 30th. Singer guitarist Gavin Rossdale of Bush is 55 years old today. Matthew Morrison from Glee is 42 years old. Singer Grace Slick, who of course was in Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship and Starship and Star <laughs> and Ship and <laughs> Ship Star. Ship Star. She's 81 <laughs> years old today. Don't you
Henry Winkler. How nice is Henry Winkler? Fonz. The Fonz himself, 75 today. Bassist Timothy B. Schmidt, originally of Poco, and then, of course, of the Eagles is 73. Now I've found you. There's no more Actor Harry Hamlin of L.A. Law, and of course, Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Yeah, don't forget it's that. Perseus. 69 years old, Charlie Martin Smith from American Graffiti. Toad in that film. That's a great movie, mm. by the way. 67 years old. Singer-guitarist Jerry DeBorg of Jesus Jones is 60. Right here, right now. Actor, comedian, impressionist extraordinaire Kevin Pollack is 63 years old. Singer Otis Williams, the last remaining original member of the classic Temptations from Motown, is 79 years old today. Let's close it out with a little Temptations. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean that. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with the entertainment news just yet. No, sir. Or ma'am. We're going to go across the ocean to Steve Ashton, our UK correspondent. It's time for the UK update. Oh, Steve. Oh, the money makes Arnold Schwarzenegger look like Arnold Palmer. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Mahagam Harkle is in the news. <laughs> What's up with the former royal? Prince Harry has admitted he didn't know unconscious bias existed until he lived a day in his wife's shoes. Uh. Living a day in his wife's shoes will probably uncover something, like a predilection to wearing heels, presumably, the weirdo inbred fuck. Um, <laughs> now, he was, of course, speaking about racism in an interview with GQ magazine this past week, and he admitted his upbringing and education did not equip him to understand the issue. And I think, to be fair to him, that's absolutely true. I mean, he'd only be aware of absolutely conscious bias, wouldn't he? Yes, overtly conscious, what with his granddad being an iconic and highly regarded racist. <laughs> Coming from a family that famously had a number of Nazi sympathisers and he himself dressing up as a Nazi officer at a costume party in his youth. <laughs> no, but he said unconscious bias. This is what he said. Uh, yeah, unconscious bias from my understanding, uh, having the upbringing and the education that I had, I had no idea what it was. I had no idea it existed. And then I'm sad to say it, but it took me many years to realize it, especially after living a day or a week in my wife's shoes. Now, the Duke also spoke about the struggle of lockdown, Ralph, especially oh. 
Yeah, especially for men, he cited. He said, yeah, for so many people, but like for men especially, I mean, I guess everyone's been suffering from some form of isolation over the last like eight or nine months. I mean, I think he's saying especially for him, really, isn't he? <laughs> yes. having, to li- having to listen to his missus fucking droning on at him 24-7 with no peasants at hand to beat. <laughs> He also said, uh, but for men who are isolated by themselves, this can be like a really dark place, uh, unless you know the different distractions that you can put into your life. Obviously, he's never heard of Pornhub. Right. Um, May I also say that I think men have this shit on L to the O to the C to the K. We have it on lock. We, as a race, you know, men, we are the (laughs) distraction masters. If there was a toss-up, right, between taking out the trash, folding laundry, emptying the dishwasher... Or, on the other hand, sorting out our clipped fingernail collection of straight-up two fingernails, we could spend all day on that shit. (laughs) That's true. Men are the Olympic champions of getting distracted and doing fuck all. I mean, I hear that really as a cry of help from Harry, let's be honest. Hey, listen, fancy some Bond news? Oh, of course I do. Do you you like the idea of Bond streaming? Well, you probably do, you dirty boy. (laughs) But listen, Apple, Netflix and other streaming services apparently explored the possibility of acquiring No Time to Die. Now, MGM, the studio behind the film, reportedly lost between 30 and 50 million due to the delays. Now, I've run the numbers, Ralph, and I found that between 30 and 50 million is 40 million. So why not just say that? (laughs) A spokesman from MGM said... We don't comment on rumors. The film is not for sale. The film's release has been postponed until April 2021 in order to preserve the theatrical experience for moviegoers. I don't know where I come up with that voice from. Anyway, (laughs) however, multiple insiders at Rival Studios said that a possible bond sale was explored overtly and believe MGM was at least open to the possibility. Bonus points, Ralph. Uh, What is the price tag, do you reckon, for No Time to Die? For a streaming service? Hmm. Ooh, it's got to be uh, $300 million. The studio was to be looking for a deal of roughly $600 million. Oh. Now, that price tag was deemed far too rich uh, for two of the free-spending streaming services. That could buy a lot of, I don't know, comedy specials. <laughs> I mean, they could have Eddie's for a bag of Lay's and a handy. <laughs> But uh, apparently moving No Time to Die to a streaming service poses some logistical challenges. Now, the film costs more than $250 million to produce, and they've lined up several promotional partners, of course, to help offset those costs, including some of the you know, well-renowned marquee brands like Land Rover, Omega Watches, and Heineken. Now, those companies may have been expecting the film to hit theatres and might not be thrilled with a streaming-only release. Mm. So, for example, this is how you'll know this better than I do, but coming to America's sale to Amazon, for instance, was contingent on making sure that its promotional partners, McDonald's and Crown Royal, were both on board with the change in plans from going from theatrical release to streaming. Hmm. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Having fucking Ronald McDonald having a say in whether your fucking film goes on the screen or not. (laughs) What do you think, Ralph? I'm sure most of the cast and crew just fucking want it done, don't they? Just want it out there. Plus... Because one of the main things, it'd mean the stars don't have to sh- fucking schlep around answering bullshit, cretinous questions from talentless TV presenters. <laughs> True. Doing the junkets. Are you going to be doing a junket for your movie, do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go out there and publicize the hell out of it. 
going to be on all the um, all the morning shows, all of the uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Anyway, look, I've got to go now, Ralph. Have you seen this backlash online about Corden being in another movie musical? <laughs> yes. It's been brutal, hasn't it? So the musical's called Prom. It's going to be on Netflix, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And he gets second billing behind Meryl Streep. It's pretty good for him, isn't it? He's taken some shit, really, from people online, and I don't think that's fair, really. <laughs> no, I don't. So for balance, I'm going to make sure he takes shit in person <laughs> rather than online. And that's dog shit, of course, and I'll be launching it at his guest bedroom window. That's right, I'm going back to basics. Anyway, I'll talk to you in a minute on the old video vault. And Steve will be back with us in a couple of minutes because we're going to get his pick for today's video vault. A little change of pace today. Instead of doing three movies from a particular year in cinema's history, we're doing perfect Halloween movies. Things that you can watch while you're hunkered down this weekend for Halloween. Let's open up the spooky video vault. Got a wolf in there. I didn't know that. Werewolf. 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 Bear Castle. <laughs> it's only appropriate that there was a werewolf in the vault today because my pick, I think of all the movie monsters, I love me some wolfmen and werewolves most. Hmm. And my pick is a little scene, and in my opinion, underrated werewolf film called Wolfen. Starring Albert Finney from 1981. Also stars Gregory Hines and Edward James Olmos. This movie is great because it's two of my favorite genres mashed together. Not only is it a werewolf movie, but it's also a cop movie. Hmm. Albert Finney plays a New York City cop who has been assigned to uncover what's behind a series of vicious murders. They're finding these people just torn apart. And he assumes first it's a psychopath and then he thinks it's an animal attack. And then he starts to under, uncover the ancient Indian legend about wolf spirits and their connection to certain kinds of people and certain kinds of wolves. It's, it's fascinating stuff, really well acted, great cast. Edward James almost plays a Native American in it, and he's so sort of imposing. And he's got the story behind who the wolfen are and why they're killing these people. And uh, it's very well shot as well. In fact, this is the first time in movies that we see something that's kind of a cliche now, thanks to Predator and movies like that. But that thermo, thermal vision, right? Uh, the, the wolf's POV in this film is all shot that way, as if they're seeing the, the, they see heat, the heat coming off of uh, the bodies of their victims. It's great. Here's a scene with one of my favorite actors, Albert Finney. He has taken some hairs found at the crime scene to the lab, talked to an animal expert, just trying to figure out what exactly did the victim in. Those are wolf hairs? Oh, you bet. I can't quite place the subspecies. There were 40-odd, but it's definitely lupine. Any wild around New York? No, I wish. We wiped them out around the turn of the century in the East. They went the way of the Indians and the Buffalo, the Genocide Express. Used to be millions now, just a handful in the Rockies. What are you two trying to, to pin on the big band? A murder case. What, a hitman in a fur coat? Hairs were found on a victim. With all the psychos running around New York, you're trying to pin this on an endangered species. As Albert Finney starts to uncover more and more, he gets more and more terrified by yeah. the uh, the pack of wolfen that are attacking New York City. Mm. Great, great, 
great suspense, great horror, great blood and gore, and great cop movie, too. So Wolfen from 1981 is my pick. Now it's time for Steve Ashton. He always gives us something from British cinema, and today's no different. Here's his Halloween pick. Oh, Steve? Yeah, interesting one, this, Ralph. British horror movies. We're, we're not well known, are we, for our slasher sort of big horror movies like Friday the 13th or Freddy, are we? No, more the, the Hammer stuff, the classic vampire things and stuff. Exactly. Hammer Studios produced some of, I think, the best stuff in the 60s and 70s. Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. They were megastars of the genre, I feel, globally. But I've gone for a real... A true fucking weird 70s fever dream of a film this week. (laughs) I've gone for The Wicker Man. Now, this isn't Nicolas Cage, is it? Not that shit camp Nicolas Cage bullshit, no, that made no goddamn sense. No. The bees, not the bees, not that bullshit. No. This is the Christopher Lee... Edward Woodward, Britt Eklund, and what who I feel is the sexiest woman in horror ever, Ingrid Pitt. Yes. Oh, my God. I had so so many weird kind of feelings in my (laughs) pants when I was watching movies with Ingrid Pitt when I was growing up. It was like Colton watching fucking uh, the original Willy Wonka. Do you know what I mean? It would have been something's happening in my trousers and I don't know why. But this movie is almost like a fucking mescaline come down. The the thing disturbed the fucking hell out of me as a kid. Um, I think there's nothing scared for me, right? This is what makes me scared. I don't, I'm not interested in slasher movies and that. The thing that makes me scared in horror is weird shit happening in the daytime. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? That's for me is more eerie than at night. At nighttime, you expect it, right? So if you're going to go into a dark and fucking wood, you're going to get your head chopped off. But in the daytime, you don't expect that shit, right? <laughs> um, and a lot of this stuff happens in the daytime, all of the weird kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, give me the reveal of the stick things in the Blair Witch Project. That's a lot more kind of mentally fucked up. And, and th- with this movie, all those weird pagan rituals that Christopher Lee and the rest of the the uh, inhabitants of this remote Scottish uh, island go through, it's fucking mental. I love it. <laughs> weird Dutch angles, strange kind of like, like where, why is that shot in there? You know, kind of <laughs> like pasted together weirdness. Let's have a quick listen. I understand you're looking for a missing girl. I found her. Splendid. In her grave. Your lordship is a justice of the peace. I need your permission to exhume her body, have it transported to the mainland for a pathologist's report. You suspect uh, foul play? I suspect murder. And conspiracy to murder. In that case, you must go ahead. Your lordship seems strangely unconcerned. I'm confident your suspicions are wrong, Sergeant. We don't commit murder up here. We're a deeply religious people. And make sure if you're getting Wicker Man, you get the original British version, not the <laughs> Nicolas Cage remake. You don't, the bees. you don't want to, you don't want any part of that. Nor do you want any part of Eddie Pence's pick this week. Oh, come on. Here's we're here with the rules. Yeah. You have all of cinema. Mm-hmm. Pick a film that you think people would like to see over the Halloween weekend. Pick something that they would enjoy. Look, I I'm not a Hmm. horror movies are not my genre it's okay. not my favorite genre of film fair enough i don't delve into horror that much okay i like a little light-hearted thing yes um, you do uh <laughs> you want to tell him what i want something is? with some chuckles that doesn't oh scare God. me i don't well, like being scared this doesn't have scares or chuckles it, a it's a little dark it's there's some dark moments in this film Ernest scared stupid Ernest scared stupid there's some dark parts in this film that's right 
You remember Ernest Saves Christmas, the battle that we had right. over that film. Christmas. Ernest, for those who don't know, is a character created by Jim Varney, who is an idiot, and he had an inexplicable number of movies that he starred in. Ernest goes to camp, <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas, Ernest goes to jail, Ernest rides again, Ernest goes to school, slam dunk Ernest, Ernest goes to Africa, <laughs> Ernest in the army. And this Halloween-based film, Ernest Scared Stupid. This is the one where Disney was like, no more. <laughs> they had a fourth, this was the fourth film, and then Disney was like, we're not doing it anymore. And then someone else picked up the films after that. <laughs> Ernest unwittingly unleashes an evil troll upon a small town on Halloween night yeah. and has to protect the children from the well, evil troll. The troll's turning the children into wooden dolls because he's taking their energy. That's kind of dark. Oh my There's God. It's, the victims are children, and then they figure out that the the legion of trolls are uh, can be beaten with milk. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Eddie. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but in the big battle, when the, we the weapon that takes out the trolls is milk is is <laughs> Ernest spitting milk on them. But when the main troll bad guy is in the battle, he sneaks back into the the magical tree he was trapped in and goes to the underworld and uh, gets more powerful. Then he becomes invincible to milk. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that can defeat him is true love. Fucking A. And so Ernest dances with him. You go right to hell with Ernest scared stupid. Here's a scene where Ernest is trying to fight a troll to protect kids at a Halloween party. The end of the line for you, short change. Aloha. Sayonara. El Rancho Grande. You're history, pal. You're Elvis. So come on, traitor face. I'm ready for you. And luckily, Ernest gets knocked into a uh, soft ice cream machine, which scares off the troll. Oh, because of the fuck, milk. Fuck's sake. You had all of cinema to choose from. I mean, there's other ones out there, too. But that, was a, that one's a fun one to watch with the kids and won't scare them. I would like you to get inside the video vault with this week's pick and think about what you've done. I want you to stay in there for There's a werewolf in there. I don't stay, want to stay, stay in there. there for the weekend and consider what you've done as we close up the video vault. Halloween edition. Ernest. You are forbidden from choosing any more Ernest films. <laughs> Am I done if I hit my quota? You have hit your quota of Ernest films. <laughs> uh, before we say goodbye, it's time to check in with my buddy Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports. He's a great guy, great writer, and also knows a ton about football. We're going to take a look at week eight in the NFL. It's time for What's the Buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Always a pleasure to talk to Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports as we reach the halfway point of the NFL season. How you doing, Buzz? I'm well. Did you think that we would get to this point with only having a few postponements, no cancellations, no uh, no real serious COVID issues? I didn't. I really thought we were having a, going to have a lot more trouble. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at college football. They're having problems, cancellations and forfeits and everything. And, and the NFL just plowing right on ahead. So far, so good. Um, let's get to some of the games this weekend, starting off, of course, with the battle for the mighty NFC East. 
My first place Philadelphia Eagles, after eking out a one-point victory over the mighty New York Giants, are now going to face the Cowboys. What do you see there? This is this is like watching a couple of toddlers wrestling, man. It's you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, damage delivered, and there's not going to be a whole lot of grace. But uh, man, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you know, we see these these NFC East matchups all the time, and uh, this is one that I'm sure that they thought going in, this is going to be a great Sunday night game. Everyone's going to be all over it, and now, <laughs> not so much. But I mean, I like the Eagles a lot in this one, Dallas. Dallas just seems to have completely let go of the wheel. I mean, obviously they lost Dak, but everything is falling apart there. They're cutting guys, they're releasing guys, they're they're you know, there's backbiting, there's backstabbing, they're ready to throw the coach overboard. Everything's just gone completely south for them in just seven weeks. So I like the Eagles a lot this weekend. What is their situation at QB? I know Dalton got uh, banged up last week. They got what is his name? It's some Tony or not Tony? It's Ben Denucci. Denucci. Yeah, it sounds like you know, like an Italian restaurant or something like that. This is I. I, I have not seen anyone look that scared coming into an NFL game in a long time. And I'm not blaming the guy at all. You know, I mean, if you're if you're just hanging out there and you're thinking, oh, my God, now, I'm, now I've got to go and quarterback the Dallas Cowboys, even against Washington. Yeah, he was he was completely overwhelmed. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Dalton is it should be should be OK to, to return. But I don't think he has the confidence of anybody on that team. They didn't they didn't really stick up for him. And uh, when he got leveled and so, yeah. I think that they're going to be doing like the rest of us and, and looking around for some kind of quarterback on the scrap heap. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, we also have Steelers against the Ravens this weekend. This is uh, an AFC matchup that's, uh, you know, points towards the playoffs, right? Yeah, they're, they're all of the power this year, with, with the exception of maybe one or two teams, is in the AFC. And, and these are two of the best, you know, Baltimore and, and, and Pittsburgh, AFC North opponents. Baltimore is getting four points on this one for some reason, and I think that Pittsburgh is a lot better than that. And uh, you're right, they've got two outstanding quarterbacks, completely different. Uh, you could not have two more different quarterbacks than Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. Lamar Jackson runs all over the world like a Kentucky Derby horse. Ben Roethlisberger is about as mobile as a fire hydrant, but they <laughs> they still win, man. They still both of them still win. So yeah, this is going to be the, this is absolutely the game of the week. How about Titans Bengals? That looks interesting to me too. I like this one a lot just because this is a this is one of these deals where this could be what we're looking at maybe three years from now as a real one of the and I'm not going to go so far as to say like like Patriots Broncos or anything like that but this is one of those 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 matchups that we could be looking at in their quarterbacks with Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow of Cincinnati where you might have a really really good chance of having these two teams be very good in the years to come and it's kind of a, a sharp departure because they've both sucked for so long but Tennessee is really strong Tennessee is strong across the board and Cincinnati is not but they've got the potential to be Cincinnati's two years away from being good but uh, they've got the pieces there and if they could put up any kind of fight against Tennessee I think that it's going to be a win for Cincinnati and before I let you go I got one more game I want to talk about the 49ers coming into this season of course their hopes were high going up against the Seahawks um the, the Niners look like they're struggling they are. Yeah. I mean, they, they beat up on the Patriots last week, but I mean, who's not beating up on the Patriots? They basically, the, the Niners have had so many injuries. They're a far cry from the Super Bowl team that they had last year, where uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he was, he was completely coming into himself and being the, the franchise quarterback that everyone expected. He hasn't been that so far. And injuries have just devastated San Francisco. 
that's not the way that you want to go into a matchup against uh, Seattle because Seattle is just absolutely brutal. Humming on all cylinders. This is this should not be much of a, a trouble for the Seahawks, but it's, again, another one of those matchups that it, it's always a great rivalry. It's been a great rivalry since the mid-2000s or mid-2010s, I should say, when you had Richard Sherman just yapping at everybody on, on the Seattle side. It was a good time, and, and I think this is going to be a good game as well, but I see it going Seattle's way. You mentioned the Patriots before we say goodbye. Does this season prove the theory that had long been out there that uh, Brady was making Belichick more than Belichick was making Brady? It's boy, it's starting to look that way, isn't it? I mean, you know, it, it, early on, Brady's struggling and, and Belichick is rolling with Cam Newton, but all of a sudden, the mojo seems to be gone. Cam isn't. Cam got benched last week. Uh, he isn't finding his receivers. He's floating balls. He's not able to execute the game plans in a way that Belichick wants. And all of a sudden, the, the mad genius when he doesn't have all of his tools is not quite so uh, impressive. So, yeah, at the moment, Brady's leading the horse race by a long, long margin. Well, buddy, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for making time. And uh, let's touch base again next week. I look forward to it, my man. As always, check out Jay's stuff at jbusby at Yahoo Sports. That's it for today, kids. What a fun, spooktacular we had today. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Listen, if you're going to do anything fun for Halloween tomorrow with the kids or by yourselves, please do it safely so you can come back and join us here on Monday. You're not going to want to miss Eddie eating beets. I guarantee. I guarantee. Play the gag realness. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> You're hearing a lot of that when Eddie's eating beets. <laughs> Come back and join us on Monday. Stay safe and do that by, if you can, stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. And keep your distance. Stay sweet at six feet. <laughs> and we'll see you on Monday. Until then, love you, mean it, bye. <laughs>